Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matt Carroll. I am Jeff Randall. And we are here to discuss the Marvel Cinematic Universe. How's it going, everybody? Sounds like they're doing pretty good. Yeah, it did. I heard a nice like cheer uh, just coming from all the random cars and jogs that are that this podcast is being blasted to. Oh, yeah. yeah. We can hear you guys, too. Applause. A few of your freaks. Whoa. Um, I mean, like, for some reason... I meant like sexual freaks, but somehow it sounded uh, mean to say the other like like you're a freak. You know, it sounded like I was bullying them. So yeah, I had just to, because had to, some uh, of our listeners specify. might have a third arm is no reason for you to call them names. <laughs> I had to specify sexual freak, and okay. somehow that made it better in my mo- in my mind. It doesn't. All right. Uh, tonight, we're going to discuss some Marvel news. It should be a short one. We're going to discuss some Marvel news, and we're going to do a little quick uh, look back at Iron Man 1. We have rewatched Iron Man 1 with the, uh, the breadth of knowledge we have now about the MCU and where it has gone, and we're going to discuss Iron Man 1. So, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert it's for good. 2008's Iron Man. <laughs> it is real good. Uh, but first, good. Jeff has our news. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's a little bit of news. It's it's Dutch, a skosh, if you will. All right. Uh, Marvel has revealed a new Jessica Jones logo. Cool. Woo! Logo. <laughs> and we just stop there. Now, yep. um, that is all. We're going to add that to the uh, to the rotation of pictures, I guess. Um, I forgot to include the Chloe Bennett haircut as Quake. In our uh, in our slideshow last week, so yeah, but it's real hot. I'll um I'll fix that. I still have that picture. I'm never gonna let it go. Um, I still have that picture. <laughs> it's 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 a very pretty picture. Yeah, Jessica Jones' logo looks cool. It's definitely um, I'd say it's minimalist. It's minimalist, but it looks very street savvy somehow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it looks it looks like it's coming from the streets. Okay, which it is. Street, I mean, yeah. street level heroes. It All makes about sense. It. All right, what else you got? Uh, the Jessica Jones showrunner, um, yeah. Miss, I believe her name is Melissa Rosenberg. Um, she has confirmed that Claire Temple from Daredevil will show up in Jessica Jones. Nice. We we assumed. I, I very much felt like she was going to be the, one of the bridges that brought all these shows together. Especially seeing as she only showed up in like four episodes or something like that. Um, I have a feeling she's going to be the link that ties all of these shows together. Yeah. And that's cool. If I recall correctly, she was a... Uh, that character in comics was a romantic interest of Luke Cage at one point. Yes. Yes, I think that's what we... what we In our research, we found. In our research. <laughs> like, our intense Googling. Yeah. Who's this person? Who's this person? Who's this person? Um, Who's Eternity? Yeah. There's the possibility of... Um, a link to Ant-Man maybe okay what do you mean she's the ex-wife of Bill Foster okay Bill Foster was Claire Temple is yes okay not Luke Cage what are you talking about (laughs) Um, no Claire Temple in the comics is ex-wife of Bill Foster Bill Foster was very good friend of Hank Pym and became Black Goliath Black Goliath? I've yes. heard of Goliath. Yeah, Bill Foster, Dr. Bill Foster, was the second giant man, second giant man 
the fourth Goliath, and he eventually was known as Black Goliath. Uh, he was one of those size-changing kind of guys. Okay, so probably be using them PIM particles. Yeah, yeah. He was, uh, incidentally, he was killed in Civil War by a Thor clone. But we haven't seen him, so... Yeah, that's, that seems a little a little, a little far-fetched from where we are right now, but... The possibility is there, though. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing about all of these series, is they're all connected, and so, therefore, there's that... Uh, there's a possibility with anything, you know? Well, yeah. I'm, and they're all going to have those, like, small, like, tertiary connections through different heroes and through different characters. Yeah. But... They're weaving it. the web. Yeah. But yeah, Claire Temple's going to show up. Um, I'm betting somebody's going to the hospital that she works at, which is probably where Night Nurse is also going to work. Mm-hmm. Rachel McAdams. And maybe Stephen Strange. That's awesome. That's so exciting. <laughs> yeah. Okay, sorry. Uh, <clears throat> bruh, grumble, grumble. Uh, let's see. We've got a release date confirmed for Age of Ultron's um, digital HD stuff is going to be September 8th. Um, That'll be on the Disney Instant Movies app or whatever it's called. Um, The digital HD channels of, you know, iTunes, Google Play, etc. They're going to have it on September 8th. It's coming to Blu-ray and DVD on October 2nd. Uh, If you've you've ever seen Heroes, then you'll know it's coming out October 2 Oh, did you see their uh, random aside? They're coming out with a new Heroes show? Yeah, Heroes Reborn. Reborn? Yeah. I'd heard about them that they might be doing that, but... uh, Yeah, there's like a a web series that is um, a prequel to that, kind of leading into that. Interesting. And a lot of the people from the original show were coming back for it. Oh, really? Yeah. Is it going to be an actual sequel? Sort of. I haven't read a ton about it. I've been meaning to watch that web series, but I haven't gotten around to it. Interesting. Because I... Uh, I loved Heroes. Yeah, I, I loved the first couple seasons of Heroes. Why didn't anybody like season four? Am I the only person that liked season four? I think four? season three was so bad, no one watched season four. It was the <sighs> problem. And I, and I was right there with... Uh, that's That was my... Uh, that was my second favorite season. I guess we'll move on from the... Heroes talk now, since that's very not MCU. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about other TV shows and Ooh. how there's been another casting going on. Yeah. Constance Zimmer has been cast in the in a mystery role for Agents of Shield season three. Apparently, she's going to be the um, the antagonist of Phil Coulson. She's going to be the leader of an inhuman hunting organization. Some. Somebody hunting down in humans. Okay. For one reason or another. I wonder why. Hmm. Maybe to register them? Possibly. But, um... Possibly. Bum. Uh, yeah. I wonder if that's gonna put... I'm guessing Coulson's gonna fall on the side of Captain America. (laughs) With, like, wanting to fight against registration. Probably. It's pretty likely. Sounds like him. Yeah. He seems very anti-reg... Yeah, I feel like early Colson would have been very reg, but oh, like, yeah. I mean, he is. He's been registering them on his own little index. On his index. But, uh, yeah, he's pretty much stopped trusting the government. 
after what they did to him. That's what it seems like, at least. Yeah. Um, have you? Do you know Constance Zimmer at all? Nope, I do not. Oh man, have you ever seen um, the newsroom? Oh, uh, yes. Do you remember the campaign manager from season two <laughs> that was such a horrible bitch? I don't, but I'm going to look her up right now because I love, uh, I love uh, the newsroom. It was such a great show. Newsroom. Uh, I really like any anything. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know her. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, she was good. She was good on Newsroom. She was good at being a bad guy. Yeah. She I made don't... me hate her. I didn't think of her as a bad guy. That's funny. She was a bad guy. I hated her. That's funny. I didn't think of her as a bad if guy If I hated her, that means she was a bad guy. Nope. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Logically, it is sound. You cannot question it. I guess the other uh, the other couple of things that I have are... Yeah, you always have the biggest piece of news for last. Which... Civil War related? Yeah. These are pretty big. These are these are big pieces of news right here. Uh, Spider Man, or well, rather, Peter Parker and Spider Man, I guess, have been confirmed by the writers of the Spider Man movie to make an appearance in Civil War. Yeah, we knew that was going to happen, and they're rumored to have an impressive fight. Yeah, and from what they're saying, the. Uh, the 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 instances that Peter Parker and Spider Man are in the film are going to serve to show just how dorky and fun the Spider Man movie is going to be. That's awesome. The next year, yeah. I love the idea of that, like introducing him and being like, and him being such a standout character that we just have to see the Spider Man movie. Getting getting me excited about a Spider Man movie again because I'm excited about a Spider Man movie, but I'm not really excited about a Spider Man movie. I'm only excited that Spider Man's coming to the MCU. Yeah, does that makes sense. You're excited about an MCU movie that is Spider Man. Yeah, that's rather rad. than a Spider Man movie. Yeah, and if they can really excite me about Spider Man again, because Spider Man was my favorite. Spider Man Two was my favorite comic movie for a long time. Uh, yeah, it was really good. Spider Man Two was really really that good. That Doc Ock. Yeah, and then it had a video game that was really good. Oh yeah, this, <laughs> the Spider Man Two video game was incredible. Spider Man Three video game was good too. Then they kind of changed uh, changed gears after that. But like Why the, the open the, world was such a great concept. It was so good, so good, especially for a superhero. They did keep video the open game. world to some degree. But it had a lot more like levels where you had to like go in and fight through the. I don't know. It, it wasn't as good. Uh, and the the swing mechanic. You, oh I felt, yeah. You know that was my that and again that was my favorite video game for a long time <laughs> until Arkham. Iron Man yep. took took over the spot for a favorite. Uh, you know, comic movie and uh, Arkham Asylum took over a favorite spot for uh, comic video game. And so uh, it would be nice to bring. Spider-Man back to, back to the forefront of my mind again because I loved him <laughs> for a while there. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. yep. And Spider-Man Three did such a bad job in the theaters. It's just yeah. anyway. So last bit of news that I've got is that Mark Ruffalo has been spotted in Berlin with uh, Chris Evans and all of his crew, all of his mm-hmm. people, um, David or. But what does Mr. it mean? Paul. But what does it mean? Obviously, it means that he's going to be in Civil War. Woo. He was close to the set. It, uh, it's pretty likely. He could have just been hanging out, I suppose. No. But, Why uh, would you go to Germany if you're Mark Ruffalo? <laughs> if you weren't going to be in the movie? You're right. Germans There's hate, no other reason. Germans hate Ruffalo. There's literally no other reason. What, to eat bratwurst? 
Jaeger schnitzel. God, Jaeger schnitzel sounds really good right now. Yeah, see? Don't you want to go to Germany? Oh, my God. Dude, okay, Dude. tell me if this does not sound incredible. <laughs> Pork loin. Smashed thin, breaded, fried with a mushroom mixture and gravy on top of it. It sounds pretty good. That's Jaeger schnitzel. Oh, my Lord. It sounds pretty good. Lord. <laughs> I can't do this diet thing anymore. Oh, I need a Jaeger schnitzel. We give up. Jaeger schnitzel. That's in. not true. I don't give up. Um, Joined another diet, but. Uh, we had, uh, you know, we, I, I, first place I heard about that news of Mark Ruffalo spotted on the set of Captain America Civil War was, uh, on Twitter, Yoda Hugh. So, uh, I'll throw credit to Yoda Hugh for that. Thank you, Yoda Hugh. Yoda Hugh, I guess is how you say your Twitter handle there. Um, yeah. Thanks for that. Thank you very much. I guess the last, uh... That was the last piece of news. Now I want to bring up some non-MCU-related stuff, just as a conversation piece. Oh, yeah? What you got? So, for anybody wanting to go see Fantastic Four this weekend, it might not be very good. Yeah. Because Miles Teller has has, um, said in an interview that... He admitted that he hasn't seen it himself, but he says that he doesn't expect the film will do well critically, but hopes audiences will recognize the originality of this latest adaptation. Yeah. You, you know, you brought up two points earlier. Your other point was that they've put an embargo on... Uh... Yeah, there's a review embargo on it until August 4th at 4 p.m., Pacific. So that was just now. That was yeah, the forty minutes ago listed. from when we're recording. So I'm sure there's tons of websites right now posting Fantastic Four reviews, um, but I don't necessarily think of either of those things as negative uh, about the Fantastic Four movie. Necessarily, it's definitely poor wording on Miles Teller's part. Um, but to be honest, comic book movies are never criti- critically reviewed well. <laughs> No, but I very mean, rarely. At or least, like the, you know, the, the real like movie critics critically, you know. Um, and he's used to being, you know, he just did he win uh, the Academy Award for Whiplash? I don't know, actually. It was def. Oh, oh yeah. Well, uh, his the movie won the movie won Best Actor, I believe. Um, and and that so he's used to being in that caliber of film where you're winning Academy Awards, and so for him to say it's not going to be cr- necessarily critically lauded doesn't mean it's going to be a bad comic book movie. It just means he may be recognizing the truth of the matter that like those movies don't get that good much critical acclaim generally. I'm not saying you're wrong. It's very possible <laughs> this movie's going to be real bad. Stop defending Fox. Um, yeah, yeah. Sorry. They, they did, they've done well in the last two X-Men movies, so. They've done okay. Now, um, there are, since the review embargo lifted 42 minutes ago, um, there are five reviews on Rotten Tomatoes that it's counting. Okay. And, or well, that it's counted so far, and it so far has a 20%. One of those five reviews has been good. Yeah. That's not looking good. That's not looking awesome. Uh, like I said, maybe horrible, but I'm, I'm going to reserve judgment. I'm I mean, gonna, it could I'm going to go see it myself. It could have started the the four bad ones right out of the gate, and then you know built up later. But 
Yeah. Well, what I'm hoping... I don't know. <laughs> what I'm hoping is that it's bad enough that uh, Marvel gets the rights back in a few years. Yeah. Uh, if they get, if they have a bad enough uh, box office, then... And, and that sucks. I want, I, I want all the movies to be good. You know, I really do. But if it's going to be bad, I, want, I don't want it to be mediocre bad. I want it to be just god-awful. And for them to be like, well... Because uh, Fantastic Four is, is a storyline that could easily fit in the current MCU. Especially, yeah. you know, uh, I don't know how... Um, and I know there's different origins in the comic books, but uh, the only one I really know is from the movie... Mm-hmm. Which they're not, they like go off and just do some space travel of some sort, and they get hit by some sort of rays. Yeah, cosmic radiation. Yeah. Um, same same basic thing happens in the original comics. That would be really makes sense, given that in Avengers we were attacked by a space bound force. Yeah, it would really make sense that that like someone, a Reed Richards type, was out there, especially maybe after Thanos comes and like we deal with Thanos and Guardians of the Galaxy. Like say five years from now, in Phase Four, we have Reed Richards <laughs> trying to like you know build some sort of space station or whatever to like deal with these threats or or just to explore space because now we know there's life out there, whatever. Um, and that causes the Fantastic Four. I think that's totally... It just fits in really well. Mutants are hard to fit in at this point because we've already said in the MCU they don't exist. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, Inhumans can be easily just stuck right yeah. into that. It just sucks that we'll never get a Wolverine and Spider-Man together. You yeah. Know? And Hulk. And, like, all these these characters that are so great together. Yeah. Um, but... I don't know. if they If they bring them back... Uh, we could uh, we could potentially get the same characters, just calling them Inhumans rather than mutants, which yeah, would suck. That's, yeah, that's not that's not that's not that's no good. I, I mean, it's like it's that. not as good, but like we could potentially get the Avengers versus X Men storyline, which would so well, yeah. good. But I mean, if they're gonna if they're going to bring in the X Men, they're just gonna bring them in as mutants. Yeah. Like, once they have the rights back, they're going to have the rights to the word mutant again, and they're going to create the mutants. But I guess we'd have to have a whole generation of uh, Professor X and um, Magneto and other other older mutants come up, come, and then we'd have to have another generation before we get uh, the younger mutants. Yeah. And and then you know it'd be a lot of work. It'd, it'd be, be a, a whole lot of work. Or they could have some sort of timey-wimey sort of thing <laughs> happen. Um, reportedly, there is a, there's a rumor that James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender have extended their contracts for X-Men movies. Okay. Yeah, I, so, I feel like... I don't know. I feel like that, the new X-Men that, stuff is, gonna be do, is doing so well that they're not going to want to give it back. I agree, especially the Deadpool movie, I think. Which... Uh, we will. I'm sure, even though it's not MCU, we will be talking about the Deadpool trailer next week. That that's releases tonight. The Deadpool trailer they played at Comic Con. Yeah, it comes out tonight on on the Conan O'Brien show. So, oh, that's right. I am. Uh, I am. I'm down. I'm, <laughs> if if I had a TV, I would watch uh, Conan O'Brien tonight. <laughs> if you had cable, yeah, that's what I mean. Uh, I I pro- I'm sure I'll watch it tomorrow. <laughs> Catch it on the internet. Yeah. Catch it on the rewatch. I got a, I got a rehearsal tonight. I'll be busy during Conan, but yeah, yeah. That's but really it's uh, really all the news that I had. Cool. There was not much since our uh, our last rendezvous. 
Don't call these rendezvous, Jeff. It's a rendezvous. Your wife will get suspicious. <laughs> she knows. <laughs> she knows. She already knows. All right. Well, we have a few pieces of feedback um, before we go into spoiler. Well, I, we don't really have a spoiler section tonight because we're talking about <laughs> Iron Man, uh, which if you're listening to the MCU podcast, uh, you're probably familiar with Iron Man. Yeah. Probably. Um, we have a Legion Hogger on Twitter says, Hey y'all, just found the show last night. Listened to quite a few episodes and I couldn't be happier. Great show and keep it up. Thank you, Legion Hogger. He also mentioned wanting to join our alliance on, uh, uh, Contents of Champions, champions, which (laughs) I am still very addicted to, but unfortunately I have left the alliance. But Jeff is still uh, holding it down, right? Totally. The alliance is called Anthem. Uh, I don't know if it's been cleared lately because me and the the leadership basically left. I apologize. We kind of bailed out. Yeah, you did. I'm sorry. I don't feel like you are. I'm not that sorry. See? It was really hard to build a, build a good alliance, even with all of our listeners that wanted to join in. Uh, and all we, of our three listeners we, that we wanted to join in? We couldn't, win, uh, we couldn't win what we needed to win. And so I've... Uh, I have jump ship, but I'll probably be back. Mark Margo said that, or Mark Margo actually sent me a uh, uh, alliance invitation, an alliance invite. Oh yeah, like a while ago, and I was just like, no, I'm good. I'm an anthem. Now I'm kind of wishing I didn't turn it down. Oh, you probably he's he's probably listening. He's probably listening right now. He'll yeah. send another one. I bet. Yeah, because he's so, that nice a guy. Socratia, 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 Socratia. That's that's your name on there. Uh, Gumdrop Billy's over in uh, MEWE is the name of the alliance. And we are, uh, I am in no way in charge of that alliance. And so I have no right to bring anyone in. And they don't listen to me. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm but a lowly servant <laughs> in that alliance. Mm-hmm. Um, Down got, to low men on the totem pole Yeah, now. I went from, you know, an alliance that I, I, me and a buddy were controlling. And then I... Drop down, or drop down to like low man on the totem pole in a big alliance. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That happens. But uh, no, no more contest of champions talk, except to say I now have five four stars, and I'm pretty excited about it. F you. And one of them is an awakened Doctor Strange, which is pretty sick. Pretty sick. That's all the talk we'll have. We're actually in discussions with one of my friends to start a Contest of Champions podcast. <laughs> uh, so that might be coming, those of you who like Contest of Champions. Giving tips and tricks and ideas. Um, he is very knowledgeable about it. I am I am just getting started learning how to play the game, but he's, he's much more knowledgeable <laughs> than I am. You've been playing for months, and you're like, I'm just now oh getting gosh. started learning. There's so much to learn in that game. There really is. I thought it looked like a really simple game at first, and then like my buddy, Josh Jordan, shout out, uh, he got so much deeper into it than I did. Like He's always like, oh yeah, that person has a 31% chance to crit if you hit him with a this and a that, and like hit him with a tier 1 special for blah, blah, blah. And like, I'm like, I, don't, I just punch and kick and use my specials, and <laughs> like, it's... Uh, but, he, but he's way better at the game than me, and that's because he has all that knowledge. So, if we could share that with the, uh, with the world, it could be good. Um, so, we'll let you know if that happens. Um, okay. More feedback. I think pretty much the rest of this feedback is Ant-Man feedback, so I'm going to give a mild spoiler alert for Ant-Man because 
some of this uh, it, it acknowledges things that happened in Ant-Man I don't think anything is 100% a spoiler though it's just kind of things that happened in Ant-Man um, so if you don't want to know anything about Ant-Man skip forward about 5 minutes maybe um, alright <laughs> in 5 minutes it's going to be like skip 5 more minutes <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to keep an eye on that uh, first uh, Josh Muhich uh, sent us an email and he said Hey, MCU cast, like you guys, I was concerned about how the enlarging disc just magically made the regulator go in reverse. Upon my second viewing of Ant-Man, I came up with a theory to help explain this. Um, There was a scene where Scott was tinkering around with the regulator, but Hank told him the dangers and to keep it how it was. Scott replies, well, if it ain't broke. (laughs) Such a good scene, by the way. This scene seems to imply that Hank had never fixed the regulator to enable it to go to the quantum realm. I believe that later, after Hank tells him, uh, tells us of how he lost his wife to the quantum realm, Scott started to brainstorm a solution. I think that, using his electrical engineering skills, he did tinker with the regulator and enabled it to connect with the enlarging disk. I don't think Scott thought it would 100% work, but I think he had the foresight to do some preparation. Hmm. That is great. As uh, as my friends on the DC On Screen podcast call it, uh, that is some really good head cannon. Yeah. <laughs> which is uh, <laughs> a cannon that you can make up in your head to make the thing work. And it's good. It's good. I do it all the time. I think it's like... People that like geeky content have an uncanny ability to create. It's not just suspension of disbelief. It's like we create our own answers to things to make them work. And uh, this is a very good example of that. <laughs> it's very good headcanon. It's um, almost like fan fiction. It is. It is. Um, it, which sounds almost insulting, but that it's not. <laughs> it's like it's 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 like an extreme suspension of disbelief. Like we yeah. have to go the extra step, and we have to create some scenario where this works. And it, it, yeah, that could work. Maybe he did. You know, set up the regulator to uh, fit the disc somehow. I still think that it could have been a. Um and in the moment thing because it looks like he would on if he just like thrown it at himself i probably would have felt okay about it well like on the rewatch though he he opens the regulator and then like breaks out a part of it and takes that out and then sticks the the disc in there and then it tries to float away and he's like no 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 stay and then clamps it down on it yeah and then does the thing with the button it just looked like power rangers to me i don't know that's fair it just didn't it, it loved the movie Thought that scene was weak, but 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 uh, you know you have a great point, Josh. Could very well could have could have happened behind the scenes, uh, in, in the, between the frames. In between the frames, which kind of um, <laughs> talking about frame by frame. Uh, another thing that Josh here says is, uh, "Did you guys catch the reflection of a figure on Scott's helmet as he was entering the quantum realm? I would like to hear your speculation on who it could be." I did not see this on a viewing. Jeff, you said you saw it. I saw it on second viewing. Um, we just broke in the out. Theater. We just yeah. broke out. We just broke it out and watched it frame by frame. Uh, I didn't see it still, even with it frozen. <laughs> and Jeff was like, "You see, it's that shadow right there." 
It doesn't look like a figure to me. But it looks like other, shoulders, other people on the internet are saying that it does. It looks like to me it looks like shoulders, neck and head and something expanding out of the shoulder range. Yeah. It could just be arms held up like I am all powerful blah or it could be wings, wings possibly which which leads me to think that it's the wasp in the quantum realm. Yeah. Just there are theories seeing him come spinning, in, maybe. There's theories spinning around the internet talking all about like connections to Doctor Strange and connections to other other <laughs> characters that could exist in the quantum realm. Um, Eternity. And there's there's even apparently a quote from Peyton Reed saying there's there there are going to be connections to other characters. You like better pay attention really closely to everything, including like reflections in his helmet and stuff, which. Um, I don't know if he was just throwing that out there and that's making people over over analyze these oh, reflections yeah. in his helmet. <laughs> of course. Um, but it would be it'd be really badass if that's the case, that there's some like interesting, you know, hero or or the wasp, which if if I if I was gonna guess what it was, I would say it's the wasp. Yeah. Because I, I mean, as soon as he entered the quantum realm, I was looking for the wasp. I was looking everywhere I could. I was too. <laughs> I was like, sure is the wasp just going to like show up and like smack him into be into like get him into shape and be like, hey, you need to do some stuff to get out of here. Yeah. And maybe, you know, he hands her one of those discs to put on her regulator and she's the same age as she went in. That would have been really neat. I would love that. Yeah. Um, but it also would have been a little cheesy, like. You know, we talk about making death matter, which is not necessarily death, but <laughs> yeah, bring back every character from their supposed deaths. Um, yeah, uh, he also mentioned he's starting still... a podcast called the Random Fandom Pot Show. So, randomfandomshow.wordpress.com. dot com. I haven't seen it yet, but uh, that's uh, apparently a new podcast coming you guys' way. So, Josh of the Random Fandom Show. That's a good name. Good it is name. a good name. I like it. I'm assuming they talk about a lot of things. Yeah. We we try to stick to MCU but we just can't. Always always breaking <laughs> off on other things. We have we have so many tangents just because they're in our head. So. We're the random tangent show. Shut up. Uh, doesn't doesn't work. Um I like what Nathaniel Muzzy said yeah. on Facebook. It says random thought. Do you think the Avengers facility that is in an old Stark facility in upstate New York could be the Stark hangar at the end of Agent Carter. Um, what do you think about that? Doug? Yes. Uh, oh my god, that would be such great deep continuity. I like it. It's possible, but I, if I recall correctly, uh, in Agent Carter, that was like directly across the bay from New York. Am I, am I wrong? I don't think it was. Hmm. I, it might have been. We I have need to go to, back and see. We need to go rewatch. Because I, I, I thought that he takes off almost directly across like the Hudson Bay or whatever, um, which would I think this this Avengers facility is a little further away. But I may be wrong. I'm definitely willing to be wrong. We need to rewatch mm-hmm. Agent Carter. Yo, yeah, you. We, we need to rewatch the whole MCU. Why don't we start tonight? Okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> Last piece of little Ant-Man feedback here. <laughs> little Ant-Man feedback. I get it. That's a size joke because he's a size-changing hero. That's correct. Chris Lang says, It's pretty early to make any calls, but will Ant-Man maybe be Cap and Falcon's first recruit 
recruition recruition <laughs> for the side in, for their side in civil war could give us some insight into what the sides are going to be well uh i don't know if we know he's there first but they did look like it was just the two of them and they're calling him so yeah i'm Looks- looking for a guy who shrinks uh, well, and I guess uh, Winter Soldier might also be count <laughs> if they can undo the brainwashing and yeah, get him it, back it on looked their team. like I mean, honestly, it looked like at the end of it, Captain America Two, the brainwashing was going away. It looked it, like they had to. Yeah, the it, brainwashing took a lot of upkeep. It was fading. Well, and, and I it, would say in the middle of the movie, it fades out, and he starts questioning and asking who is you know who is Bucky Barnes, and like he starts you know, being more aware of who he is, and then they have to re-brainwash him. Yep. And at the end, he chooses to save Captain America from drowning, um, even though he, a moment before, tries to kill him. Like, he's he's definitely questioning his programming. So I think by this point, that programming is probably broken down. He looked in that scene, I don't know, they have his arm in a vice or something? Yeah, it's caught in a vice. Yeah. I don't know how it got there. But supposedly that footage is from Civil War. Like, it's going to be in the movie. Oh, neat. Yeah. I wonder if uh, his arm is in a vice because they had to put it there because it's come to... It's like he's gotten rid of the brainwashing, but his arm still hasn't. You know, maybe his arm is still working for Hydra. <laughs> It's like Give a, me back my hand. It's like a uh, liar, liar, the claw situation. I get you. Or what's that oh movie? There's a movie called Idle Hands, I think. That Oh, the, my God. Really? Hand. I don't know. Was it from really? like the 90s or something? No, I know exactly what movie you're talking about. Stop it. I've never seen the movie. We're I just referencing saw... such bad movies. Hey, are you calling Liar, Liar a bad movie? No. Good I'm answer. Not. That because movie's that, awesome. That was a fantastic film. A fantastic from movie. From 1993. So good. <laughs> liar, liar. I watched that. That That's one of, like, some people have the... You know, everybody has their my ch- bad. Everybody has their, like, childhood movies they watched over and over. Oh, yeah, that one. That one, Liar, Definitely. Liar, was one for me. Like, I've seen that movie probably 50 times. <laughs> it was so good. Oh, man. Idle Hands. 1999. Yeah. 16% on Rotten Tomatoes. (laughs) I feel like the fact that that came out two years after a movie where Jim Carrey says, My hand is the claw! And starts chasing people around. I feel like that Idle Hands was like somebody saw that and had the idea. What if we did that, but like a little more of a serious take? (laughs) What if it wasn't a joke? The hand actually came to life. And... I think that's what they're doing in Civil War. That's my theory. No. What do you think, Jeff? I I don't think that. (laughs) I don't know what I think, but it's not that. Definitely not that. That is not what I think. That one thing that you just mentioned that's dumb, it's not that. (laughs) That's not what I think. All right. Well, (laughs) I guess now it's time to talk about some Iron Man. How about it, man? Is it? What about our random plugs? Oh, right. Well, I mean, I'm, you know, it's after our random plugs. We are the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast in partnership with 45 Magazine <laughs> and a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network. We're in a team. It's pretty we, big. We are. We teamed up. We teamed up. Uh, if you would like to reach out to us, you can check us out at mcucast.com. At mcucast on shit. <laughs> I think I just said shitter. <laughs> 
at MCU cast on Twitter, <laughs> Facebook.com slash MCU cast, MCU cast at gmail.com, or subscribe on iTunes and leave us a five star review. Come on, people, we need more of those. Um, if you'd like to call and leave a voicemail for us to re- uh, play on the show, you can call the the five seven three cast MCU. That's five seven three cast MCU, and we can play your uh, feedback, play your uh, thoughts on this show or anything in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, we would love to hear from you. Um, when we have voicemails, it always makes interesting. Uh, some makes for an interesting show because it's just another voice being heard. Um, yeah, we need to include Charles McFall. In these next few, where we, um, I know, I know, he wrote us saying he he's 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 interested because we talked about it last week. Uh, yeah, he said he squeed a little bit for for anyone who's any of our friends of the show who've wanted to be on the cast again or or want to be on the cast. Period. We're going to be over the next eight weeks covering all of the uh, previous Marvel Cinematic Universe pieces of content. So uh, the the movies. So if you uh, if you're interested in that. Hit us up. We might be able to Skype you in and have you on the show. It'd be fun. Aye, it would be. All right. So Iron Man. Thoughts on Iron Man, Jeff? It has aged quite well. I concur. I think... Doc, you do concur? Rewatching it, it's still probably number two for me of all of the Marvel movies. Behind Guardians? Yeah. Guardians just Guardians took number one because Guardians just did blew blew the whole concept of a superhero movie up. And, it blew and your mind it, all over the room like a mind grenade. It did. I, I, but that movie was so good. I've spent one weekend of my life, one one night a week of my life, talking about the Marvel Cinematic Universe ever since. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> no other movie made me do that. <laughs> um, so no other movie touched me so deeply. <laughs> And so, so inappropriately. Um, so Who's I, gonna drive you home? <laughs> I I really... Yeah, but I, sticking to Iron Man, Iron Man had, was great. Just great. The only things that, that I really noticed that were like weird with current knowledge were uh-huh. the phones. Because I'm so focused on technology... You know, with my job being computers okay. and whatnot, nobody had a smartphone. It was so weird. Uh, I don't know if I agree with that. Nobody had a smartphone. It was odd. I mean, Tony had like was like talking video chat with Obadiah. Yeah, but that that existed with that phone at that time. That was fine. Yeah. Well, I think that's the thing. This was two thousand eight. Yeah, like the, in in the continuity, this that was the phones that they had currently available. Yeah, yeah, I like I get that. It's just they look like dinosaurs. Oh, oh, I see. I see what you're saying. I thought you were saying it was a problem. For no, the... no, no, no. It wasn't like a continuity issue. It was okay. just like that bugs me because that's old. Yeah, that, like, that's it, old technology. What are you doing with that, Tony Stark? That is strange, especially for um, for Tony Stark. You know, no, it wasn't old at the time. Plus, no, this was not. this was also um, this was also before Disney had bought Marvel Studios, so they didn't have that Disney budget for everything. And you notice when uh, when he starts the Mark II preparations and he transfers that data 
to the hologram projector on his table, like which was blew my mind whenever yeah. I first saw that when it happened. That I was, was like, really oh my, best. you just went, uh, oh, what? Going from one work surface to another. And then like, having it go to 3D. Yeah, that was that was mind-blowing and still is. It still kind of is really cool, but like that compared to like what he does in Iron Man 2, where he has the scan of the entire, uh, the entire expo facility oh, yeah, happening yeah, yeah, yeah. in like completely crazy ridiculous hologram 3d like that's that's a big step in one movie yeah that's a big leap uh i I mean i would even say you know when you always talk about sci-fi and uh different fantasy content like this causing well i guess this is just straight sci-fi this is a sci-fi movie you know Um, yeah it's a superhero movie of course but like there's not any mystical anything in here. It's yeah. or fantasy elements, just science fiction, it's technology. Yeah. Um, and the idea of them casting his little screen onto a bigger screen is cool because we we do that all the time now with like Chromecast and things or like yeah. swiping things over and it's showing up on a different screen. And I think we're going more and more that way with our technology. My vision of the future is that we're gonna ha- everyone's gonna have a computer on them. That will interface, and we already do, but it's going to interface with all kinds of devices around you, whether it be screens or audio devices or whatever. And we already have that with Bluetooth, but like I think that's that trend is going to continue to the point where like you always have your data and your uh, settings on you, and then just pull it up on whatever device you're close to, you know? Yeah. And I think that's just such a cool, cool vision, and I think that Iron Man nailed it. Um, what it was? What it was uh, seven years ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, doesn't seem like that. Lo- it seems like such a lot, lot longer of a time. Yeah, it seems like it's been so long since Iron Man One came out. But it's only seven years. It's only seven years. Only then again, to some people, seven years is a really freaking long time. Sure, like babies. Well, I mean, like <laughs> there are some people that you know that might listen to our podcast that. Seven years is a third of their life. I I would be I would say there's probably people out there it's half of their life or maybe even the whole thing. Um, <laughs> it's very possible. Um, yeah, so could be. One thing that stood out to me, uh, a stylistic choice they made in this movie that I loved was the way that they time shifted the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Started. It really out, got your attention. Oh, it absolutely did. When it just like starts off with that bang. I mean. Technically, first, it starts with the great music. Yeah. Which well, seems exactly. to be, like, the centerpiece of the best Marvel films so far. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. Both of the, my two favorites have featured music heavily. And even just the music that he's listening to while he's working in his garage is really just... It gives such a... Suicidal tendencies? I think so. Yeah. It just gives, like, a interesting... Uh... An interesting element to his character that that's the kind of music he listens to. True, true. And when they, he, she comes in, turns it down, and he's like, "Please don't turn on my Please music." Please don't turn on my music. <laughs> he, Tony Stark is so strange. I love his character so much. He's almost he's a complicated guy. He feels to me autistic, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. You know how autistic people often have like one thing they're really good at focusing on. Yeah. 
his is being really cool. <laughs> He's, I know, I know. It's like, he has this weird sort of, like, laser focus in his character that is almost like a, 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 a characteristic of someone with Asperger's or something, where he, like, please don't turn on my music, I am listening to my music. Like, that that sort of, like, sometimes he just spits things out that almost... Yeah. Om- he, he's so laser-focused on his work sometimes that he's not very good socially, but then he's also just so cool. <laughs> like, he's just so cool and so, uh, just, just, you know, the coolest guy in the room. I just want to be, I want to be Tony Stark so much the whole time. <laughs> I could, I could see, no, I don't know that I would agree on the autism thing. <laughs> Just not, like not obviously not. It's 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 what every nerd wanted to be. Like it's it's the the nerd that grew up to be the leader of a company. He's a billionaire because he's a nerd, and he's also the coolest person in the room. Everybody yeah. wants to be him. Like that's those, the those nerd story. Don't combine ever. <laughs> uh, Generally not. And, and and that's what that's what makes Tony Stark such a cool character. I mean, let's look at Tim Cook. I don't really know who Tim Cook is. CEO of Apple. Oh, right, right, right. He's not the coolest guy in the room. No. No, no, he's not. Um, yeah. That's unfortunate for him. <laughs> he, the company would probably be doing better if he were. It was when uh, when, <laughs> jo- when Jobs was around. Um, you know. True. Things have kind of tapered off and gone on hill. And it's uh, largely because people don't see the visionary in charge anymore, you know? Um, that could be. But... That's beside the point. The point is... Tony Stark's badass. Tony Stark's badass. Yeah. And he drives badass cars. Something that I, I, I remarked on when I was watching it with Sarah um, is that Audi makes really, really badass-looking cars. Mm-hmm. And there were, like, several in this film that yeah. just... Oh, my Lord. I'm not a car guy, but when he's flying over not wanting to hurt his cars... Uh, that was so so good, so funny. It made me <laughs> oh, nervous. Oh no, not the car! Like, oh, not that car! Not that car! <laughs> um, but then, like when he's driving to the to the gala, when uh, the suit Mark Three is being fabricated, mm-hmm. and he's just he's hauling ass in that that Audi. I don't even know what model it is because I'm not a car guy, but I know that symbol, that yeah. Audi symbol. Oh my, that. Mm. Beautiful. It was a beautiful car. And, and then, then he, he, he... I love when he throws the hot rod red onto the suit. Yep. It's gold because that's the color of the metal. And then he's like, but we throw a little hot rod red. It's a little ostentatious, don't you think? <laughs> yes, that will certainly make you more incognito. <laughs> I like that Jarvis was so sarcastic. He's like, what was I thinking? You're usually so discreet. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Uh, his AIs. Yes, that should help you keep a low profile. His AIs are great, and now I'm I'm so excited to hear more from Vision. Um, Jarvis Jarvis was such a great character in this movie. Um, really, I, I didn't mind any character, and you know everyone talks about this movie having a weak villain. Obadiah, Obadiah Stane. Stane was great. He was really menacing. He was really menacing. He was really interesting. He had a weird like father-son relationship with Tony. 30 years I've been holding you up! I think when they when they talk about... 
weak villains, often they're t- they, I always hear them talk about, well, it was just Iron Man, like a like a reverse Iron Man, you know, Iron Monger. Yeah, uh, yeah. But that's not the villain of the piece. That that provides for the final fight. Yeah, but, but the villain was Obadiah Stane. Yeah, Obadiah. His name is weird. I actually find it a little stupid that he gets in the suit at the end. Yeah, I feel like that's not what Obadiah Stane would do. Obadiah Stane would get four, uh, you know, mercenaries to get in the suits and go after him. That's just seems a little off character uh, for him to actually be in the suit. He's a little old. He's a little like he's a businessman. I don't think he'd get in that suit. Well, he doesn't normally have the taste for that kind of thing. Yeah. But he was deeply enjoying the suit. It's true. It's true. He did say that. I I just, I don't know. I, I feel like the movie would have worked a little better if he had stayed Obadiah Stane and not become Ironmonger and done the whole... I don't know. Although, the, the, that fight sequence is amazing. It really is. It's really, really great. It's unfortunate that... Um, that it had to be like Iron Man at his twenty percent capacity versus Iron Monger doing awesome. Because that's well, one of the things that kind of like it, it sucked about it. Because like the whole time I'm thinking, if you hadn't stolen that one chess piece from him, you unimaginative prick. Yeah, he'd be doing so much better. But you know, that's you want the you want the hero to be on the ropes. Yeah, there's the end. there needs to be a struggle. And if and if he had if he had just he obviously has better tech. Yeah. And he would have just he would have just trounced him. But I love that. When when he's like at the end he's like lost a hand off his suit and he's like cuz he took it off early. Yeah, he took it off early. He just he I like seeing his suit falling apart, you know. Just, yeah. just makes for good stuff. That's one of the things about uh the Spider-Man movies I really liked. Uh, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies was when he starts getting cut up and he's bleeding and you oh, can yeah. see like half his suit ripped up. I was always like, and there's like the piece of his mask missing. Oh yeah, because there's like a bomb goes a, a goblin bomb or whatever goes off in his face and yep. just like burns off his suit at that. Point. It had such a great iconic imagery and it makes first it makes the superhero feel so much realer. Yeah, more real, more human, more human, closer not, to human rather, not just a suit. He's not yeah. just a suit. He's a guy in a suit. And that's, you know, it's important. It's important that we get to see that some, to some degree. Yeah. Um, and I was I was happy to see the um, the original instance of Phil Coulson come up again. Because, oh, yeah. like, we're so used to seeing Phil Coulson in Shield. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the series like where he's just the badass he's the guy but then like he comes up as this extra little guy some unassuming little extra agent like whatever he was just a shield agent instead of the shield agent you know um and it was much more and he had both his hands (laughs) that's true oh gosh i was uh that's spoiler (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i can't uh can't wait for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to come back. Season 3! Starting mm-hmm. in uh, just a few weeks. Yeah, not long. Just a few End weeks. of September. That's awesome. Next month. Woo! Um, so, uh, I thought that Stark's personality, from the moment he's in the Humvee, he was Tony Stark. Like, they didn't take any time for him to become... St- they had a very g- good vision of who Tony Stark was. You know, he didn't feel... It was Robert Downey Jr. Well, yeah, but he doesn't feel different. I've seen a lot of Robert Downey movies, and he plays different characters. Yeah. Um, he's a good actor. 
He uh, is. And the Tony Stark bravado and the cleverness, the quippiness, it was all there. The same Tony Stark that is in, you know, Avengers and Avengers 2 and, and Iron Man 2 and 3 are is in this movie. He's not different. He doesn't feel he doesn't feel like a proto Iron uh, uh, Tony Stark. He feels like Tony Stark. Yeah. You know? And I, and I love that. I love that like it didn't take them long to get their footing. They knew the character they wanted to create on the screen and they created it. So, thought that was really great. Um I yeah, that that the same can't be said for Thor because he starts off as impetuous and prideful and uh vain, greedy, et cetera, et cetera, and then learns humility. Yeah. Which Tony Stark learns a lesson in this movie too, but it doesn't change who he is. Who he is. And I, I think I, I would probably say the same of Thor. I think that Thor Thor is young like kinda younger and more impetuous, but at least that is the arc of the movie that he yeah. is changing, you know. So I don't think it's a it's a problem in that movie. But um I think that uh, it's just it was just impressive for them to uh, to just know 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 who they were gonna gonna do and, and and his his initial thing that causes Tony to change in this movie is interesting because the, the fact that he's blown up by his own bomb he has to look down and see Stark Industries right before he blows up you know yeah that's a great moment and it's in the it's the first moment of this movie they don't even re-show it I thought for sure that they'd show it again once you had the flashback they don't even show that shot again it's such a I like, like that they, iconic moment I like that they don't really hold your hand through that scene again no I like that it's just like it got to this point and you know what happens now let's pick up but after that I like that yeah. too I kinda wish for those of us who didn't know who Tony Stark was, that they had shown the shot of the bomb again. Maybe. Just because I think people who saw the scene the first time might not have even known his name yet. And then he, he gets blown up by a Stark Industries bomb, and then you see that it's Stark Industries. It doesn't have the same weight, but I'm not going to question it. The movie's so wonderful. I mean, that's, that's a nitpicky kind of thing. Oh, very. As very, long very. as we're nitpicking. Yeah? You got some well, there's There were just a couple of things that bugged me just a little bit, but it's only because I was picking nits. And it was one, the the first one was that the leader of the the little Ten Rings sect, which was first off, I want to say Ten Rings inclusion in this movie was fantastic. Setting up for the Mandarin later, that's incredible. Yeah, for but sure. he wants Tony Stark to build a missile, one missile. Yeah, one Jericho missile. What are you gonna do with one Jericho missile? Well, they might be able to reverse engineer too. They they also talked about the fact that that's really the only thing that I could justify it with is that they had the guys watching on the cameras and they might have been able to be like, oh, he used these parts. Let's do that again and kind of make the same thing. But yeah. well, just... and even still, one Jericho missile. The whole the whole idea. They were pissed. They were supposed to kill him. They're supposed yeah. to kill Tony. And then they realized who he was, and they kept him. Um, and th- what 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 he said is they didn't pay him enough. They said they paid him pennies to kill a prince. Trinkets to kill a prince. Trinkets to kill a prince. Um, and I think that he was like, you know what? We want one of those 
two two million dollar missiles. We don't want we don't want these trinkets. We want a two million dollar missile. If we're gonna, you know, and then we're gonna kill him. <laughs> then we're gonna kill him. We're, we're gonna get we're gonna get paid what we what we're owed. I think is kind of what was happening there. It just it seems to me a more childish outlook or a, a childish desire. Like give me this one thing, and that made it kind of accessible, I guess, and and looming for children but like if if they had said you're gonna stay with us and be our weapons designer you're gonna build for us or we're gonna kill you know your friends and your family and whatever that would have been a lot more um the the stakes would have been a little bit higher i guess because like one missile just doesn't seem like it's that big a deal and even though it is a really great missile yeah they showed it. It's and, and they might have had incredible. a specific target in mind. Yeah, they could have pointed it at you know one city, but still, it's not. I mean, I hear you. It was a little bit just like Seems oh, short sighted. Okay, yeah, it was a little. That's exactly the word. Thank you. Yeah, it was a bit short sighted, but again, that's just me nitpicking about it. It was still, it was still perfect as far as what it needed to be. For sure. Um, the movie is filled with great one-liners. Yes, it is. Um, uh, just every scene, t- every scene Tony is in is just a pleasure to watch because Tony is constantly saying hilarious things. <laughs> <laughs> I should have just written down a, a bunch of the one-liners because they're just, but they're also contextual. They're also in the moment of the scene. It requires the the actors to really be in rhythm together. Just yeah, really, really great. Really, really great. I really liked his line about um. <laughs> uh, we need to do, we need to do a press conference. Uh, and then cheeseburger, <laughs> uh, cheeseburgers. And there are two conference. things I want to do. I want an American cheeseburger, and the other. Want it's not what you think. Want to hold a press conference. <laughs> Happy, drive, cheeseburger first. <laughs> cheeseburger first cracked me up so much. <laughs> cheeseburger first. And then he gets out of the car with Burger King. Yeah, really great. And Stane's like, did you get me one of those? And he's just like, there was only one left. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he's been in a cave for three months. He deserves all the cheeseburgers. He really does. Like, maybe I should go stay in a cave for three months. Then Uh, I could have all the cheeseburgers and not feel bad about it. As much as I love Don Cheadle, I love Don Cheadle, and and I'm excited to see Iron Man 2 and 3 because... Uh, they and and Ultron again because they have Don Cheadle in them as um, War Machine. I'm not. I don't know. There's a certain amount of affection that Rhodey and Tony have between each other in this movie. Yeah. Did I just really man when? Oh gosh, when uh, when he finds him in the desert. When he finds him in the desert, almost brought tears to my eyes. How was the fun V? How was the fun V? And then he says, "Next time you're riding with me." And then he just falls like his head and his ch- and into uh, Rhodey's chest. Like, yep. Oh, it's so good. Yep, <laughs> so good. Oh gosh. So that's that. The Rhodey love was really strong in this movie. That's true. That's and I don't, true. I don't know that I feel that in the rest of the movies. They're they're still like partners and they they you know care about each other. But there's just such a. They really worked hard to establish that in this movie. That, that yeah, the, the change of actors throws me off. I need that chemistry to be built back up a little bit. I don't know if they go for that. 
Well, I, you know, honestly, I really like that they address that head on in Iron Man Two. We'll talk about it in Iron Man Two. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. They they just, exactly they go right about. up front with it and say, "Don't worry about it." Yeah. Deal with it. It's me. Deal with it. It's me. I'm here now. Or he says something like that. Yeah. It's like what? So good. We'll we'll, we'll definitely cover that next week. Um, I thought it was interesting how heavy of a presence uh, Howard had in this movie. Yeah. They only showed one picture of him, but, like, you really had a sense that, like, Howard Stark made, you know, is a huge part of who Tony is. Um, And there's a car accident that killed both his parents, which we know now was not a car accident, right? Don't we know that from, uh... Um... We know Hydra killed him. Do we? Uh, I believe so. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that uh, in... Oh, gosh. In Cap 2, Winter Soldier, Arnim Zola has, has a little flash of all oh, the people yeah. that he... He's like, when there were threats, we had them eliminated. And then it shows pictures and shows Howard Stark's face. Yeah. So we know that uh, Howard Stark... His wife, or at least Tony's mother, and um, uh, Agent Carter's husband were all killed by by Hydra at some point. Um, which we also know that Obadiah Stane was working heavily, very strongly with Howard Stark. Uh, he he says, you know, basically he was the right-hand man to Howard Stark. Yep. Which makes me say something else. I think Obadiah Stane, Stane was Hydra. Mm, maybe. I he think. was he was dealing with the Ten Rings in the background. What are you saying that? Like, dealing under the table. Sure. Yeah. With well, the Ten Rings. Well, and, and we know... And we know that Hydra and the Ten Rings were... Um, at least a little bit intertwined. Do we? Uh, well, not not See, like as that... organizations, but like one was inf- infiltrating the other. In oh, we do. Wouldn't yeah, we know that? And these guys are representatives of Hydra. Oh, you did. He's got the ten rings set, tattoo ten on his rings neck. Tattoo. Yep. So we do. See, I was thinking the opposite that Hydra was infiltrating ten rings. Well, no, the Hydra. Oh. Very oh, well, Obadiah Stane in this movie uses the Ten Rings and then just wipes them, wipes that group out. That little, that little group of the Ten Rings, sect, yeah. yeah. So that ring, <laughs> so that shows says to me that Hydra and the Ten Rings aren't the same thing for sure. And I don't know that they have really close ties. They probably have some loose ties. Uh, and, and this is just you know I'm just uh, speculating of how much Obadiah Stane might be involved. With Hydra, and I, I, I'm gonna say I think he was because they were they they got rid of threats. Um, Howard Stark was gotten rid of because he was a threat to Hydra, and who would have been better to report on Howard Stark being a threat to Hydra than his right hand man Obadiah Stane? I, that's some nice head cannon. Oh yeah, no, it's absolutely. <laughs> it's a theory. Yeah, it's definitely not. I'm not even fixing anything that's broken. I'm just, you know, it's a thing that could 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 be. You know what's unfortunate is that they didn't go with the uh, the original ending. Uh, Jeff Bridges had said recently that it was, it was like a month or two ago when he had said 
that in the original shooting, in the original script, the uh, the police and scientists or whatever were picking apart the rubble from the arc reactor in the factory yeah. and opened the suit that Stan had been in and it was empty. Like, they didn't find the body. So he escaped and could come back later. Cool. I still think it's possible he could come back later. Yeah, I mean, they never show... They never show his dead body. His he's, dead body. He's in a suit that could have protected him, so... Maybe. He gets shocked a bunch and then falls, and then the building explodes, so like... Yeah. And we all know that getting shocked a bunch doesn't kill you. It just makes you scream in pain. Yeah, for sure. Yellow jacket. Yeesh. Where he's like... In the bug zapper. Him getting shocked in the bug zapper was just super funny. It really was. <laughs> just super funny. Anyway, um, one of the things that I kept that I that I saw that they kept focusing on that I'm really glad they did was um, the the leader of those of that ten ring sect kept twisting his ring and like messing with his ring. Oh yeah, uh, just because of the way that the Mandarin's power works with the rings. Okay, he has ten rings on, and they yeah he's he has ten rings of power. They're alien technology that he figured out how to to use, and. At one point, he develops the ability to, um, like, give somebody a ring, like, lend it to them, and be able to see where, like, see their area around them, or, like, see from the ring's perspective, I guess. And um, he can observe anything through the rings like that, and then he can remotely call the ring back to him, and it just, like, teleports back onto his finger. And he can use the power of the rings remotely from wherever he is. Okay. Which is great that they that they stick that in there that, you know, this ring is given to that guy for yeah. safekeeping. And, Interesting. You know, he's just one of the many hands. One of the ten rings yeah. or whatever. Cool. <clears throat> that's really cool. Um well, man, I, that's all I had written down to speak on. Is there anything else you wanted to mention in relation to Iron Man 1? Uh, yeah, there was, a, there was a little bit of nitpicking that happened. Obadiah Stane's logic at the end of it. Um, if, we, if we account for Obadiah not knowing that Tony Stark had made a replacement arc reactor for his chest, yeah, Obadiah would have been in his mind Sarah came up with this theory by the way or this supposition shout out to Sarah shout out to my wife that lady my wife <laughs> anyway <laughs> I'm not going to address that so Obadiah thought that he was stealing a prototype arc reactor to put into his prototype suit he called it a prototype. I wish you could see my prototype. It's not as conservative as yours. Yeah. So he's got prototype arc reactor to go in a prototype suit, and he's killing the only man who could make that crap better. Yeah, well, I think he believed that... Yeah, I think he believed his suit was better. I mean, he said, my suit is better in every way, as they're taken off My suit is space. more advanced in every way, yeah. He believed his suit was better. The only thing he couldn't crack was the arc reactor. And I think once he had that in his possession, he could reverse engineer it, which is why he wanted it earlier in the movie, and Tony said, no, this stays with me. Yeah. Um, Let me have the engineers analyze that. 
And he said, no, this stays with me. So I think when he kills, or he tries to kill Tony and takes his arc reactor out, he's he thinks he's got enough information to take it to his engineers to to fit that into his suit, which he already believes is better technology. Yeah. But that suit has is, is less tested than Tony's suit. So I don't think that's a flaw in any way. Eh, it's, it's nitpicking. But that could go right along with your nitpick of... He should have, uh, he should have not gotten in the suit and played the part of like the billionaire behind the scenes. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Because yeah, like well, like what she was saying is like if he had kept him alive, if he had kept Tony alive, he could have worked him a little bit and possibly gotten the better technology out of it and the better arc reactor and and segued that into better suits. Yeah, I just think he was. Worried about his company was falling apart. They dropped 56% in yeah. value. And he was like, I need something to give my shareholders. And he was like, this arc reactor needs to be mine. And Tony wouldn't give it to him. So yeah. he just went ahead and tried to kill him. Yeah. And that's really just nitpicks. You want a, you want a smaller nitpick? Yeah. I've yeah. got another Absolutely. one. Absolutely. You know the, the thing that he, uh, that he used to extract the arc reactor out of Tony's chest? Yep. How did he know what size? Well, I'm, I'm, it was I'm, the perfect size for it. I'm going to assume it's adjustable. <laughs> it was a steel ring. It was a steel cylinder. Yeah. Exactly the perfect size to fit directly on top of that arc reactor and what pop it they out. Have, uh, I mean, there's not like a standard arc reactor size. Tony, they, he probably knows. Tony had some sort of surgery when he got back. That's not the same arc reactor that he used in the, in the uh, cave, right? Now the the surgery that he had was in his own garage when he got Pepper to come down. No, but he also has a huge metal shaft in his chest. Yeah, they put that in. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So he probably Obadiah might have had access to those. No, uh, no, like this I'm, is head I'm saying Jensen put that in. Like oh, that, did he put that metal? Th- yeah, that metal. I guess that metal shaft looks so clean and brightly colored. I just it looked like it had been done once he got back to the states, but. Now the the surgery that he that he had in the states wasn't until Iron Man three. You're right. You're right. That's I think that's what was in my head. Yeah, Iron Man three. He finally gets that removed. And all the shrapnel. Yep. Okay. Um, it's a wonder he didn't get some sort of infection. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that whole thing always seemed real strange to me. The whole art, using the architecture to keep shrapnel out of your heart or organs, vital organs, but. It just seems like you yeah. just take that out. <laughs> Why not just take the trap and out? Remove it. <laughs> yeah, which is what they do later. Um, it's interesting. It's interesting to know to note in Iron Man three that, that was it was a choice to keep that in his yeah uh, in his chest. Yeah, I mean, those are really the only nitpicks I have. Cool. Yeah, I didn't really have any nitpicks. Um, Except for, except, and this was, this isn't really nitpick. I think that, I think the choice to have Obadiah get in the suit's a bad choice. But other than that, this movie is great. Yeah, I mean, Just really, really great. At this point, Marvel has created a formula for printing money. Yep, and they continue to do it for twelve more movies or yep. <laughs> something like that. Yep, <laughs> I think they have now surpassed Star Trek for number of movies. Have they? I think they have. That's a that's a tall order. Uh, I'm trying to remember to make sure, but especially yeah, all the that, movies that TNG I think Star had. Trek now has ten 
Well, original series had way more. Original series had six. TNG had three. They had three? That was it? Mm-hmm. Seriously? Uh, Generations, First Contact, Insurrection. What about Nemesis? Oh, you're right, Nemesis. I guess I was counting three of their own, and then Generations was a cross over. Oh, yeah. The two crews. So, I guess it was six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Eleven was the 2009 Star Trek. And uh, then Into Darkness. Twelve was Into Darkness. So, there's been 12 Star Trek movies. uh, But, uh, you know, with the 11th and 12th, it's kind of a reboot. So... Even though it's still technically the universe still exists, but it is a reboot to a new universe, so I don't know if you can count those. It's not in the same canon, really. Yeah, it kind of is, kind of isn't. I love what they did. <laughs> they didn't destroy my childhood canon to create this new one. I like that they created a universe in which my childhood canon can still exist. Yep. Deep Space Nine is still a thing. <laughs> um, Hooray! Hooray! All right. Well, man. I think I think we've we've done it. I think Have, we did it. I think we talked about. Iron did Man. Did we cover Iron Man? I think we did. Holy crap! Holy crap! <sighs> that's that's big, man. Yeah, that's big. Well, uh, guys, next week we're going to be covering Hulk, the Incredible the Hulk, Incredible Hulk. By God, don't watch the Eric Bana one. <laughs> yeah, two thousand eight as well, right? Yes, two thousand eight's Incredible Hulk with Ed, starring Edward Norton. So uh, check it out. And we'll be back to talk about it next week. And, of course, to bring you all your news and, uh, you know. Marvel Cinematic Universe updates. Yeah, all them, all, them, all them updates, though. Hey, Charles, you want to talk about The Incredible Hulk? Yeah, hit us up. And Dave, too. And, and Dave. really anyone. Uh, and if Josh. You, if you want to shoot us an email, if you want to be on our show, we're, we're, not, we're not too good to have anybody on our show, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So... Come, I mean, Edward Norton, out. if you're listening, like call in. Yeah, five seven three cast MCU. Edward Norton, please <laughs> hit us up on Skype. Please come be on our show. <laughs> uh, I really liked Birdman. <laughs> I still haven't seen Birdman. I want to. Oh, Every time good. I hear about it, I want to see it's it. It's really, really good. Edward Norton was great in it. All right, guys, we're the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Looking forward to hearing from you and talking to you next week. Peace. Adios.